0: Welcome to Beyond Speaking with Brian Lord, a podcast
1: featuring deeper conversations with the world's top speakers. Hi, I'm Brian Lord, president of Premier Speakers Bureau and your host for the Beyond Speaking podcast. Our guest today is Corey Perlman. He's the owner of Impact Social Media, and he's been at the forefront of digital marketing for over 10 years. He started his career with the e-commerce division at General Motors before launching his consulting and speaking business in 2009. Since then, he's worked with such notable brands as Cisco Foods, the American Healthcare Association, Dale Carnegie Training, and the PGA Tour. Thank you so much for joining us, Corey. Oh, it's my pleasure, Brian. Great to be here, buddy. Hey, well, we're happy to have you. So, uh, you know, you've been at this for a long time. Um, we're kind of coming off an interesting time here. We're recording this in, in September of uh, 2021. We've just had the 20 year anniversary of September 11th. And we all remember where we were that day um, for you. That really marked a critical turning point in your career. Can you tell us about that?
0: Yeah. um, I appreciate that. And definitely want to make sure that, um, you know, we'll, we'll share some, some good social media stuff uh, for your, your listeners out there, make sure this is worthwhile, but I appreciate you asking that question. It's, it's, it's uh, as for everybody, it was, it was a tough time, you know, um, to, to relive that. It was a scary, uh, you know, sad, um, just I, everybody remembers exactly where they were. And I, I was presenting um, just uh, over September 11th, 2021, and I shared that story uh, of where I was at that time and it just, it just brought me back. And I, I wanted to quickly share that with, with, with your audience. Um, Cause it, for me, it was a, a turning point of, for, for my life and for my career. And I didn't know it at the time, but it just goes to show that these, these moments in life um, and how we handle them, you know, can, can uh, uh, send us in different directions than we ever expect. Um, so September 11th, so I was with General Motors and we were teaching, I was at an internship out of uh, Florida State University. We're not doing very good right now in football, so no jokes, please, Brian, um, we're really bad. But um, we, uh, so I was on an internship with with GM and we were crossing the country teaching car dealers about the internet. So this was back in 2001, obviously. And uh, so we were, we were driving these big vans with these laptops, city to city to city, teaching them about this thing called the web and um, how to make it work for business. And uh, we probably had you know, $250,000 of equipment with us. We had security with us. It was a whole thing you could imagine trying to set these uh, rooms, these hotel rooms up Uh, with internet back in 2000, just, uh, just, just, it was insane. And it would work probably one out of eight times, uh, you know, and we'd be stressing until the middle of the night, trying to figure it out, but we would eventually do it. And so we'd have 75 or hundred car dealers in a room and uh, we teach them about internet marketing. And, um, and, you know, it was uh, they, they, at times they'd fall asleep because they're completely bored. Fair enough. And then at times they're, they're the light bulb would go off and be like, wow, this is a whole new world that we might be able to to, to make more money and sell more cars in. So we were about to take this tour overseas, uh, to Latin America and, and, and Europe. And, uh, we were taking a break and our leader was back in Detroit and I was in Sarasota and the team was in Tampa. We were all supposed to meet, uh, that Wednesday, um, for another session. And Tuesday was September 11th. If I remember correctly, that morning, everything changed. So, um, the world changed. And obviously, uh, travel was was uh, put to a halt. And so we had this this boot camp. We called it an e-boot camp that we were going to do on Wednesday. And we had no leader to run it. And none of us were capable, at least we didn't feel like we were of running this event. And so we all got on the phone. And Dale, who was my mentor and the, the leader at the time, said, well, what do you guys want to do? I guess we should just cancel it. And everybody was just feeling that that spirit of, of just like, no, we're not going to let them win. We're not going to stop our life and, 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 and what we are meant to do because of these terrorists and all that. And it was just so emotional. And so us young folk just said, uh, no, we're going to do this. You stay in Detroit and, and we're going to do it. So we all congregated in Tampa and there was a hundred car dealers and we're all wet behind the ears. We have no idea what we're doing. And I stand up in front of everybody and I say, Hey, I'm sorry to tell you that I'm not your normal speaker. And I'm going to really suck at this probably throughout the day, but we're going to do it. And we're going to do it because this is where we're supposed to be and and, and let's do it together. And, and we did, and it went off really well. And it lit a fire in me um, that morning to say, man, I could do this. I love this. And then he had me do it again and again and again, and I failed. And I failed and I failed and I failed and I failed, but over time got a little bit better at it. And, um, I've been doing that kind of thing ever since. And so I just, I just reflect back on September 11th as, as just such a a tragic time, but I was really proud of the way, not only we, of course, but everybody else, uh, rallied together and, and, you know, just kind of overcame, you know, during that time. So, wow,
1: that's very cool. I love that story about turning something difficult into, uh, to a success. So yeah, for sharing that. Yeah. So since that time, also you become a you know successful author. Um, your most recent book is Social Media Overload. How did you come up with that concept?
0: Yeah. So fast forward a while, you know, we were doing internet marketing teaching and all that, and eventually, as the Zuckerbergs of the world and um, and all that came to be, social media, you know, came onto the scene, and and I've I've really kind of morphed my uh, speaking and consulting into digital marketing with a major F- emphasis on social media. And so I was doing a presentation and one of the things that I knew from audiences all over the world is just feeling very overwhelmed of um, the amount of different social sites uh, that were just popping up every day. And so I was on stage and uh, I was talking to a group uh, of different, many different business backgrounds and somebody asked a question about Snapchat at the time. And as I was answering the question, a a gentleman in the room, um, just screamed out loud, like a frustration. He was just like, "Ah!" and I was just like, and everybody just like stopped. And we were just like, it was as close as I've ever had to a heckler. And I was like, I was like, Oh my gosh, are you okay, man? He's like, Corey, I'm sorry. I didn't, you know, I didn't mean to blurt out. I've just, you know, like he banged his hands on the keyboard. It was, it's really kind of intense. And I'm like, well, what's going on, man? And he said, I'm just frustrated. I'm, I'm, you know, you know, I, I heard of LinkedIn, I heard a Twitter, I heard a Facebook, I heard of MySpace, I heard of goose, I heard of that. And now along comes Snapchat. I am just tired of it. There's so many different sites out there. I don't know where to start. I don't know where to begin. I'm just frustrated. I
1: like how he brought in MySpace. Yeah, they're in a little MySpace action. Yeah. That's going the yes. way back machine, right? He now.
0: went way back. Yeah, Tom was his first uh, yeah, social media connection. So um, so I said, okay, man. I said, well, since you have the stage, so to speak, let, let you know, tell me a little bit more about your business. And he said, well, um, I sell medical supplies to the elderly. And so we just, everybody paused you know, in the room. And at the same time, I swear it was like out of a movie, the entire group all turned and looked at him with this face like, dude, you sell medical supplies to the elderly population. Why are you stressing over Snapchat? Don't you realize that that group are teeny boppers? They're not your audience. And we had a big laugh about it and he kind of like put his feet up. He's a very dramatic character and, and felt good about, you know, knowing that he didn't have to worry about Snapchat or TikTok or any of these other sites. But it was a reminder to me, Brian, that we all don't fully realize uh, where we need to focus our attention on social. So I wrote that book, Social Media Overload, specifically to help people figure out where their market is and then how to effectively market to them on social media. So that's why I wrote that book.
1: What's kind of the biggest takeaway from that? Other than I mean, you've you've just kind of had that focus, but what maybe one or two other things that somebody can glean from that?
0: Yeah. So, you know, the, the first principle is, you know, fish where the fish are. So trying to figure out who your audience is, are they executives? Are they B2B? You know, are they male? Are they female? Uh, what is their age demographic? And so I really do take them through that process because you don't know where you should be until you figure out where your market is. So that's step number one. And then step number two is, um, really trying to figure out how to create compelling content. Uh, it's the hardest part of social media, Brian. Um, you know, and a lot of us phone it in mm-hmm. articles, you know, you know, uh, just just the run of the mill images that we get from another source or whatnot. We're just kind of just posting stuff just to post stuff. And we all know, especially as a business, that that just doesn't that doesn't move the needle. So the question is, what do we post? You know, and so I really focus a lot of the energy of that book on creating a content calendar. Uh, categories of content that your audience is truly interested in. So, for example, you know, in your world, let's just say, you know, in the the speaking world that we both kind of live in and creating events and such. What are meeting planners most frequently asked questions like, what do they worry about? What are their challenges? and how can we help overcome that for them on our social, right? So for Premier, um, if you're posting to social, if you're helping them solve some of these issues, going virtual and what to think about during that transition, if we can post some of that on social, that's meaningful to your audience. That's gonna keep them with you and that's gonna help engagement and everything else we're trying to do. So a big takeaway from the book was don't phone it in, but to create com- content that's truly useful. Mm-hmm. And then a third takeaway I would say from the book is, um, you know, a big shift to not only the type of content, but the medium in which we're putting that content in. And I'm a big proponent of video. So I was then, I wrote that book a few years ago and I am even more so today. Uh, Every social platform is video first, even LinkedIn, Brian is moving full on video. So I challenge people watching, listening, and people in the book to figure out more ways to shoot video as a big part of their social media uh, content.
1: Where do you start with video? So like I'm sitting here, I'm in my, in my office at work. There are people, I hopefully you can't hear them. They were talking on the other side of the wall here. And I've just me and my laptop. Is that an okay place to start? Or where do you start? How long do you make it? You know, what advice would you have for somebody who wants to get started with this?
0: Yeah, I think again, it's a it's a great question because one of the biggest things that come up with shooting video is we're, we're a lot of us are perfectionists, and so what happens is, is we want to get this perfect setting and the lights just right and and our script ready, and six months later there's no video, and so today, um, yeah, you can do it off your laptop this is a great video tool. Don't That's my license. And look at that. This is a great (laughs) video tool. It's got a powerful video camera in it. It works great as a video. And um, I'll give a a, a big action to your audience right now. Um, The one take challenge. I always do that when I'm on stage. I say to folks, do me a favor over the next three weeks. When you think about video, do the one take challenge. Don't worry about doing it over and over and over again. One of the videos that I did last year was on a tool that I love called Clips. It's a, it's a, it's a iPhone app that um, puts captions below your video as you're talking. It's really cool. It's called Clips for you iPhone users out there. Check it out. But the point of sharing that was I thought about it. I grabbed my phone. I opened it up and I started shooting. I had a hat on. I wasn't shaven. I was outside. The light was terrible. And Brian I had great engagement for that video. I had comments left and right. They didn't care about my messed up hair or beard or whatever. They cared about the content. And so that's what I remind people of is that it's more about the content, less about perfectionism. And I'd hate for you to not do a video because you were worried about making it perfect. So to answer your question, these tools are just fine. Um, But my biggest takeaway with video is when you feel it, shoot it. Oftentimes we schedule time to shoot video and then we sit there and go, well, what should I think about now? And you and I were just talking earlier and there's some things that come up in our brains while we're driving. Well, don't do it while you're driving, but when you pull over or, you know, when you're just meeting with a client and you walk out and you're like, wow, that client had a great question. That's a video. So I was just meeting with a client today and she asked me the question about blank. I wanted to share with you really quickly what my answer was because I thought you'd find it helpful too and go like
1: that. That's the way to shoot consistent video. And if you want to do it with a humble brag, just say, hey, I was just walking out after speaking to a thousand people in Las Vegas. I <laughs> so I have a lot of, if you'll watch online, not to throw, not to like throw speakers under the bus, but that is one of the best humble brags that they're, I'm just speaking to 2000 people at the yes. height of their field and they wanted to hear from me. And here's a question yes. I got from these brilliant people. It's so anyway, never, I got into that whole perfection thing too. Like the v- beginning of this one, I'm like, my, I, my nose itches. Like, how do I itch my nose right now? And I'm like, kind of doing this little thing. So if you rewind the tape, I'm like two minutes in, I go like that real quick. So it like, <laughs> needs to be like a, a secondary knuckle. So no, one's like, you can't do this. It's gotta be here. Yes. So, um, so that's one of the things that you can work on as, as a person doing this. So aside from scratching your nose in the middle of video, um, what are some of the bigger, more common mistakes, uh, you see businesses making on social media?
0: Well, and I'll tell you something, man. Scratch away. You know, we were just talking about the (laughs) the dogs coming in and the kids. You know, it's like, look, you know, this is social media. uh, You know, that we're talking about here. The first word, social. So, being authentic, being transparent, being vulnerable at times—that's what people are looking for. They're not looking for perfection. Um, So, you know, unless you're you know, uh, trying to do a performance of some kind, or you're you're an actor doing a you know a, 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 a screenplay. Don't worry about it. Just be yourself. Be human. Be real, and 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 people will appreciate that. So um, I'm all about the little little things like that. And I think that's funny you said about the thousand people because we never do it when we're talking to twenty people. You know, <laughs> I just got done speaking to three people, man. You're not going to believe <laughs> it's always the thousand, right? Yeah. Uh, But um, so some of the the common mistakes that I see businesses make, um, you know, one quick, easy one, Brian, is is letting social media sites uh, sit out there dying on the vine. I mentioned earlier, you don't have to be everywhere. Don't be a jack of all social media sites, master of none. Instead, focus on a few and do them really well. So after you listen to this, go do a digital audit of your brand. And if you had an intern, maybe create a a Snapchat profile, or maybe you've got a LinkedIn business page that you're just not using. You got to make a choice. Either start actively managing it, or I'm telling you it's okay to get rid of it. You can strategically not be on Twitter. It's totally fine. But don't let it just sit out there collecting dust because it's certainly not doing you any good. And it could start creeping in a little doubt if a prospect or a client comes and checks you out on that social site. So, that's one mistake I see is, is letting sites just sit out there and collect dust. Um, another one after that is just simply not being consistent. And I see this all the time, Brian. Everybody gets fired up, um, you know, and they get consistent for a few weeks and then they, 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 they gap it out for six months or they do a video and then they don't do another video for three months. So, We got to be consistent, you know, doing a podcast, you know, this first time you did a podcast, well, second time you did was with Damon John. So that's, you had, you had a built-in audience for him, but you know, that typically when you start a podcast, you only have a few people, you know, it's like, you got to build that following super, super slowly. And that's the same with anything. You got to start it up and build it out. And hey, last week we spoke with Corey about social media, and this week we're going to be talking to Blank about this. And you kind of, you know, you build your audience that way. So being consistent and not taking long breaks is definitely a mistake that I often see made. And last but not least, I'll throw this one out at you real quick. Um, Just not having profiles that you're proud of um having a consistent and compelling brand online so if i go to your linkedin company page if i go to your facebook business page i go to your instagram profile you know i want you to be proud of it i want you it doesn't mean that it has to be perfect and it doesn't even mean it has to be professional but it has to be your brand and it has to represent you in a way that you're proud of and that might be your culture that might be your community um that might be your brand colors your font you know, all that kind of stuff, but whichever profile I go to, I want you to make sure that you're putting your best foot forward.
1: So, um, you know, if there's one thing, I think you touched on this a little bit here, but there's one thing you suggest listeners focus on for the next three to six months, what would you have them do?
0: Yeah, I love love the action with that. Um,
1: You know, I would say
0: uh, create a content calendar would be the first one. And let me just make sure everybody's clear on what I mean by that. I like knowing where I'm going or having uh, companies that I work with know where they're going before they go. Um, So we have categories of content each day of the week. It makes it easier. For example, Tuesday might be Testimonial Tuesday for Premiere. So every Tuesday, you know, and your whole organization knows, Brian, that Tuesday is all about our clients sharing their experience about working with Premiere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as you guys move along, you know, like come Monday, it's like, shoot, Tuesday, we got, we got testimonial Tuesday coming up. And, and you may have one of your agents in the field who just had an awesome call with a client and be like, Hey, Brian, good news. I just got a testimonial Tuesday. So everybody's working on the same team for their content. So Tuesday might be testimonial Tuesday. Wednesday, maybe what to film Wednesday, WTF. Um, <laughs> it's not what we you, you do. You've spent some time on this. I have spent some time on this. <laughs> Thursday is thank you, Thursday. Friday is, you know, funny Friday or or, or something that's a little bit more, you know, Friday we're we're heading, we're gliding into the weekend and nobody wants to talk about business anyway. So maybe you can have a little fun. Just to give you a quick example of that, um, I have a real estate agent friend here, did a great post last Friday. It was uh, best waterfalls to go to in Northern Georgia where I live. And, and that's obviously his community too. And I thought that was really cool because it was a perfect time to do a post like that because we're heading off into the weekend. No one wanted to talk about real estate, but it was something that he could provide value for right before the weekend hit and he got great engagement for it. So um, Friday might be something a little bit more, you know, local, social, that type of thing. So, um, so creating a content calendar would definitely be one um, for sure for the three to six months. And then Having a consistent video, you know uh, what can we do? And I, I, people always ask me about time. I would say weekly, Brian. Uh, once a week. How can we, as an organization, uh, create a video series that would be a of value to our clients and our audience? And um, can we share the responsibilities so it's not one person every week? What are the type of topics we can do? How long are we going to make it? What platforms are we going to use it on? And kind of create a a uh, an action or a plan for having video uh, once a week. So those would be the two big things I would do for for the next three to six months.
1: Okay, I like it. I like it. So um, for us, I'm going to cheat here a little bit. So uh, going back to some of your earlier questions, our demographic I think is a little bit more female than male. You know, for premier speakers, I'm a, as a you know helping people as a talent agent uh, booking booking speakers. Um, and, you know, probably that 30, 40 range, although it ranges all over the place, we have people in college, you know, interns like you were with, with FSU, um, back when they were winning football games and, um, all the way up to, you know, 80 plus. And so, um, and where are the platforms where we should really focus and, you know, say we're, we're, we're going to go with your calendar here. Where would you say, say that we should focus?
0: Yeah. I would love to You guys use you guys as an example. I think, in your world, um, you have a mixture. I would say it's the acronym, Phil. Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn would be the three platforms that, that I would recommend. And always, people are always at, you know, the immediate thought is, well, what about this? What about this? Yeah, Twitter, there's probably a, a, a reason. Uh, TikTok, of course, there's probably an audience for Premiere on TikTok. But if you guys go that direction, w- what resources are you taking away from the other platforms? Mm-hmm. So in my humble opinion, the focus are on those three, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And I have reasons behind it. You mentioned, um, you know, 35 to 50, call it that range, because I know your audience pretty well, too. And, and they're still in that that kind of that range. And I think that the, the lion's share of those people are on those platforms. You also work with a lot of corporations, companies, and associations. Um, they're heavy on LinkedIn. Something I I, rec- I would say to you all is a lot of uh, organizations won't allow Facebook and Instagram on company laptops during work time, but they will allow LinkedIn. And that says to me that, that companies consider LinkedIn to be safe where they don't necessarily feel that way about Facebook and Instagram. So I think there's some real opportunity for premier to connect with decision makers on LinkedIn. Then you have your uh, meeting planners and sort of a little bit of your younger demographic, you know, maybe female, 30 to 40 years old um, Instagram, you know? And uh, I think there's a great story for Premier to tell on Instagram and to capture that audience. It's a different story than you'll tell on LinkedIn. It's a little bit more personal. It's a little bit more transparent. It's a little bit more about your culture. I know you guys love to have a lot of fun there. You have contests, you have, you know, client meetings, you got studios that, that speakers come into and you have all this stuff going on. That's where Instagram comes into play. And you're going to find a different younger audience there, but a very valuable audience nonetheless. And then you got Facebook, which is the the brother to Instagram, right? Because they're owned by Zuck. And um, it's still the only social network that you can use the B word with billions. Uh, <laughs> there's still a gigantic population there. And there's still opportunity there. I see for you guys Uh, in particular, having some good one-on-one connections on Facebook, if you are a Facebook user. So, um, you know, you with some of your speakers, you with some of your repeat clients might be personally connected on Facebook. Then you can say to me, if I'm one of your Facebook friends, hey, Corey, so sorry about another Seminoles loss. Don't worry, man, they're going to get them next year. Or I'm really sorry the Dolphins lost too. What a crappy weekend. But hey, we're <laughs> next week, you know, that kind of thing. So we can have that like, you know, brotherly bond and rapport
1: that you can't get anywhere else, right? So anyway, that's what I would, I would focus on for, for Premier and so one of the things you do talk a little bit about. So it's mainly about the business side of things, but um, you can also share a little bit of wisdom on kids and the use of social media today. Um, you know, what um, what are your feelings and thoughts on this topic?
0: Yeah, and I will uh, give, give Brian a you know you you, you pivoted there, but I, it was a it was a pivot that I put in there because I did want to mention this. <laughs> hey, and This so is I, your fault. This is my fault this in the direction fault. that we're going here. That's but a I you know. Yeah, I don't normally talk about that on, on stage, but I, I okay. did want to mention, cause it comes up a lot, Ryan, and I know we're both dads. And so, you know, I wanted, we started with a personal story. So I, you know, I wanted to men- mention maybe bookend or whatnot, these two ideas and, um, Part of what I love to do, you can see it right, that's Dale Carnegie, but a little bit further, I don't know, over here, the Nurturing Fathers hat there. Um, I I teach a a, a Nurturing Fathers program that my dad created. It's a 13-week curriculum on being a a better dad, and I've I've taught it in uh, the Atlanta Federal Prison here. And um, when we teach that, talk about that class, oftentimes social media comes up as 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 part of the new things that us parents both both moms and dads have to worry about and we've been dealing with it a lot with our kids and i know you said you have two teenagers right Mm -hmm. so you i'm sure could answer this question probably better better than i could but the advice that i would give parents around social media is uh modeling at home obviously what we uh want to see happen in the world for our kids so My kid yesterday giving me a hard time about being on my phone again, fantasy football, bringing that back in the population or back in the conversation, you know, making sure that we're taking time away from our devices, that we're able to have conversations with our phones put away, that we have, you know, no screen time, you know, that type of thing. So modeling the behavior that we're looking for, um, having honest conversations as early as we possibly can about what goes on you know as opposed to hoping that that it doesn't happen we've already started having conversations about cyberbullying about sexting about some of these conversations that are really difficult and uncomfortable to have but better to have these courageous conversations than for them to happen or them to hear it from somebody else we want them to hear it from us you know and the best advice i can give for any dads listening is half the battles just show up, just be present, be there. We don't have to fix everything, but when they come to us with problems, whether it be social media or anything else, just listen, let them know that we're, we we feel them, that we believe in them and that we love them. And, um, that's really oftentimes all they need. So that's what I would say. Oh. And the other just resource I would say is, is be very aware of all the different platforms that you can use to monitor your kids' social media. Um, but do not be, ignorance is not bliss in this case, be ultra aware of what's happening in that world and let them know that those devices are owned by you and you have a contract between you and your kids. And that is a luxury for them to have, not a need. So
1: that's what I can say about that. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. So one thing to close us up here, I'm curious, I know you're kind of pointing over to one side on the other side, are those balls of yarn or what, what is that? What's the story behind that?
0: yeah yes thanks thanks for asking about that. so taking it back kind of to, to what i typically do um with in the world of social media is, is when i'm on stage you know what i've learned what i learned back from general motors with those those car dealers is if you don't make the presentation fun and entertaining interactive you'll lose them and so a big part of you know this with your keynoters um a big part of it is entertainment a big part of it is having fun And you're not learning if you're not having fun. So what I do with those yarn balls is, um, most of the time during non-COVID times, but I just did it recently and it worked great is at the end of the presentation, if I can, I will take those yarn balls out to the audience and we will share best practices of what they learned or what they plan on doing from what they learned on stage. And then they will toss the yarn. So they'll hold the string and the ball of yarn and they'll toss it to somebody else. And that's their accountability partner. That person's gonna make sure that they execute on what they said they're gonna commit to do. So it might be making over their LinkedIn profile. It might be shooting that first video. Um, it might be deleting that that Facebook business page that never gets updated, but whatever their commitment is, that other person who's holding the end of the other string is going to hold them accountable for making it happen. And by the end of it, Brian, there's this whole thing of yarn. Everybody holds it up and they've created a web presence of connectivity and accountability. And it's fun. It's a great picture for the, the audience and for the meeting planner. And uh, it's a great way to end the session. So that's what the yarn balls are all about.
1: Nice, nice. I like now, where did that idea come from? Like do you have you being the social media guru? Do you have an accountability partner for this, too? <laughs> <laughs> that idea originally
0: came from my mentor, Dale, many uh, years ago at the boot camp. We were throwing yarn uh, twenty years ago. <laughs> and uh, and we've kind of kind of run with it ever since, and I've taken those yarn balls all over the world, Brian, and they're going to keep coming with me as long as I can. And uh, yeah, my wife who was in here just taking some videos, my
1: accountability partner. So she'll be posting some of this on social media later today. So nice. nice. Hey, well, thanks for letting Corey come in here and help us out. We appreciate it. Uh, so Corey, thank you for, for being part of the Beyond Speaking podcast, sharing all this wisdom, sharing your stories and uh, helping people around the country, around the world with their uh, with their social media.
0: It's my pleasure, Brian. I really appreciate you. I appreciate everything that you guys do as an organization. Love working with you and look forward
1: to a continued partnership. Great. Well, thank you. And so for everyone uh, watching, listening, make sure to uh, subscribe, like, review, and uh, also check out Corey at uh, premierespeakers.com and nationalspeakers.com. So thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us for the Beyond Speaking podcast. To learn more about today's guests, go to beyondspeak.com
0: make sure to leave a review and subscribe wherever you listen.